0: Hey, welcome to the Zen Shark Podcast. This is your host, Matthew Jacobs of www.thezenshark.com. Right off the top here, I'd like to explain that the reason that there are some errors in my podcast, and it's not because my equipment's not fantastic, but it's because I'm not going to edit and, and let my OCD go crazy and spend three hours on each five minutes of this podcast on any podcast and try to make it perfect. I prefer to have the errors in it so that you know that I'm being honest and straightforward, rather than trying to polish everything up and insult you. But anyway, moving on. This week, this episode, I'm going to discuss a question that gets asked of me that I never answer because I rarely I do. I allow myself to be personal or let my personal effects out, and I really don't like answering this question. But I'm going to anyway because that's what this is. I'm gonna I'm gonna open up to y'all today, and, and the question is, why did I move away from Christianity? Why did I? Why did I become Zen or? You know, whatever. And to explain that, I have to start where we always start at the beginning. I I was raised in Alabama. I was born and raised, if you can say that, I raised myself. But in Alabama, the middle of the Bible Belt, and from birth, unless you've been here, you really can't understand, you kind of are just, it's ingrained that you're a Christian. It's ingrained that you love God and that you love Jesus and that, you know, good people go to heaven and bad people go to hell. Now, you may not be in church every Sunday because I, I wasn't. My parents stopped going to church when I was born, about the time I was born. Trust me, i am asked about that. But regardless, you, you you grew up here generally as a Christian. I, I, don't, I didn't know many people who were, weren't. I didn't know any, actually, for a long time. So that's leads you to the point of where I'm coming from. So, throughout my life, I'd never heard anybody even question the Bible until I was literally a senior in high school. And there was this gifted young man named Zach on a field trip with us who was listening to two Christian girls chastise two Christian boys about gambling over a football game. And Zach stood up and, and sort of said, Hey, you know, God and, and Satan gambled over, <clears throat> excuse me, and gambled over Job, God and Satan gambled over Job. I thought that was an interesting comment, but I moved on from it. Didn't pay much attention. Went about my life, and it, you couldn't get away from it in school. I know there's supposed to be a separation, and I'm, I'm sure in some fantasy world there is of, of you know church and state and whatnot. But in Alabama, that still doesn't fly. There was fellowship of Christmas, Christian athletes. There was prayer at the flagpole. There was constant events about Christianity, and so even if you weren't an active Christian you had a fear of God and you that's the way you lived I don't know anybody that was living any differently there was a few that thought that they were worshiping Satan but you know whatever it was kind of ridiculous they just did it to get attention from the Christians to be honest with you so it went on like that for me in life for years that I just knew that I loved God and I was scared of him and I didn't you know he he made good things happen and the devil made bad things happen I never questioned it. And then I had a short marriage when I was very young, you know, 19. I think I was divorced, but you when know, I was still 19, she left me due to, to health reasons, mine and hers, that she couldn't handle. And that was okay. I mean, that's when you're young, things had like that happen. Now, I don't think you need, I know her still, and I don't have any ill will toward her, nor her towards me. But when she left, I found myself often, as we often do, crushed. I couldn't figure out what was going on in life. You know, I lost my job. I didn't have a job. I lost my wife, I lost everything, you know, oh my God, what's happening to me? And so somebody, I don't know if it was a family member or some somebody, sent a preacher by the house. And the preacher offered me absolutely no help and, and didn't really want to spend any time with me. But what he did do was hand me a spirit-filled life Bible with the annotations at the Bible bottom. And he said, if you'll read this so hard that the covers fall off of it, you won't have any problems anymore in life. And I really liked that solution. I liked the thought of not having any problems anymore in life and that God could do that. So I did. I, I started reading that Bible continuously. I read the the, the the whole thing seven to eight times. And the New Testament I had gotten up to 14 or 15 times. And what I was doing, I had set a plan. I sat on my knees. or got on my knees and prayed to God. I was like, God... If you will let my life get better and go better, I promise you I will read the Bible every night and I will pray to you on my knees every day. And so I made that promise. And that's what I did for, for several years there, for many years actually, longer than, than you would think. There's a lot of people I could parade through that verify verify that I wouldn't go to sleep at night without reading my Bible and getting on my knees and praying. Even And I would even do it in closets and whatnot. But And, and my Bible started falling apart. I mean, I, I knew it. You couldn't question or argue me about the Bible. I I still know it pretty well back and forth. But I was starting to have questions about it because I knew some of the validity just wasn't there. I knew it wasn't true. And then I started having, I asked a preacher about it, the church I was attending at the time. and, And he said, you know, you're not supposed to take it literally. And so that got my mind going. If you're not supposed to take this divine work literally, no, that that's when the gears gears start guiding so to speak. And then this this preacher went on to preach the very next Sunday a a very damning service sermon about how homosexuals were going to hell and that it was abomination towards God and this and that. And I knew some homosexual people. I, I was getting to the age where I was branching out into the city and and learning and meeting people and none of these, none of the homosexuals seemed like they were evil people that deserved to go to hell. So that was started breaking me down a little bit too. So I decided not to go back to that preacher's church. And I got invited to a, a, a small rock church, a church built out of rock years and years ago, hundreds of years ago, probably 125 years ago in Pinson, Alabama. And they were like, this preacher's great. He's like, one of the more famous preachers that's around, around right now. He preaches about love, not hate. And I was like, okay, I I, just, I don't want any more fire and brimstone. I don't want any more hate. I want I want the you know, the love. I want the peaceful side of it. So I went to church, and that that sermon that Sunday was a little over an hour and a half. He kept us there, and the entire sermon, complete with spreadsheets and slides, was about the financial situation of the church and how if we didn't put more money into the church. That we were "quote unquote" going to hell because we didn't support the church. I'm not exaggerating that. He had, I mean, now that I've you know, taken spreadsheets in college, I, I realized, wow, he had he had put some work into it. He had put two or three works into the, weeks into this this sermon. It was quite amazing. But I walked out of church that day, and I was I was done. I wanted to find something better, and for a little while, I kept saying I was a Christian. I kept reading my Bible, and I would only hang out with with other Christians. And I just didn't I didn't want church anymore because I thought the bride of Christ had still, had become basically ruined. And so, I sought out every religion you can think of: um, I, I, Muslim, Islam. I read the Quran. Um, I checked into to Judaism or Judaism, however you want to say it, and. and I studied every religion I could find and what I kept running across was they had this great plan. All these religions have this wonderful plan where they want to spread their religion and then they want to grow their religion financially. So they they had this plan of they scare children. They want to get children involved as early as possible so they can terrify them and lock them in. And then with the middle-aged people who might have a thought of their own, They entrust them with the responsibilities, which gives people false security. And then with the elderly, it gives them hope. Because the closer you are to death, the more you need to think there's something pleasant waiting for you afterwards. Every religion was very much the same. And then I was assigned... um, I can't even even remember. I was assigned some subject to write about. And I ran across this, this figure who was named Attis of, or Attis, excuse me, A-T-T-I-S, doing this for memory, Attis of Fagra, P-H-R-Y-G-I-A, something like that. And and this was several hundred years before Jesus was born and was written about. But uh, Attis was born on December 25th of a virgin named Nana, or Nana, and was considered to be a savior who was slain for the salvation of mankind. His body was bred and was eaten by his worshipers. He was part of the Holy Trinity, he was the divine son, and and on Black Friday, he was crucified on a certain type of tree. And when his blood ran down, it redeemed the earth. He descended into the underworld, and after three days, he was resurrected. And I was like, dang, that that sounds familiar. It's just a couple hundred years before Christianity and before Jesus walked the earth. And so I kind of looked into it, and then there were so many more that matched up. You know, Horus, the, the, the famous Egyptian son of the uh, of god i think it was osiris that was um, of course his birth was heralded by the morning star they celebrated his birth by the egyptians prayed a man, a man a manger and a child representing him through the streets around the winter solstice you know right around december 21st or december 25th and you know he he had walked on water he had cast out demons healed the sick Restored sight to the blind. He was crucified, descended into hell, res- resurrected after three days. And, and the list went on and on. There was you know, there was Zoroaster and Glycon and and, and, and Hercules even. And Di- 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 Dionysus. I can't remember that name, Dionysus. Something like that. Romulus. Uh, uh, you know. Krishna. And even Buddha. They all had stories that seemed to be taken and and moved into Christianity And, and that blew my mind. I was like, wow, is this book that I'm reading, this Bible, is it complete nonsense? Is it? But the entire time I was doing all this, I was still getting on my knees praying every day and still reading my Bible every day. And then I ran into a Zen master and I had no opinion of what it was going to be. I I realized I was going into every religion trying to find out if it was better than Christianity and I was just gonna stick with the best one, so I was sticking with Christianity so far. And I liked to argue with the with the leaders of each religion that I was was talking to, that way I could, you know, make them do battle. And so I ran into the Zin master and his name is, is not important and I went to him and I started questioning him, and if, if you've ever met a Zen master, they're completely infuriating, and you rarely get a straight answer out of them, they'll drive you crazy. And so I didn't get an answer, you know, and he just was like, just sit, just just meditate, and, he ta- and I did, I, I sat and meditated and, and found out how much that can change my life. And then eventually I became ordained and got my Dharma name and, and all this stuff, and I, ordained is the poor choice of words there and things of that nature and finally after all that i, I spoke to him and i was saying you know I, I really really like the zen stuff it makes sense it's about the truth isn't it and he was like yes it's just about reality and whatever you deem is the truth and i was like but well, i can't turn away from christianity and he's like well it doesn't matter you don't have to but why are you you know why why do you struggle with this and i said I'm terrified that if I stop reading my Bible and stop praying every day, that God's going to punish me. And he kind of looked at me strangely and he went, if you're terrified of something you're worshiping, is that really a reason to be worshiping it? And I went, what do you mean? He goes, if there is a God and he built all this and created all this for you, do you think he created you just to sit around and worship him? Just to have this set of rules? And like a light went on in my head and I went, no, if there was a God, he wouldn't do that. And if there isn't a God, that wouldn't happen. And then he goes, that's the answer right there is that we don't entertain that question. It doesn't make a difference if there is a God or if there isn't a God. If you're, you know, it doesn't make a difference if you want to be an atheist or want to be a Christian because there's no answer to it and there's no truth to be found. You'll never know until you're gone from this planet if you know then. So there's absolutely no point in entertaining the question because it has no foundation in reality. Now I will admit for another several months after that, I could not, not pray. I could not, not read my Bible. I was fully immersed in the Zen's lifestyle and meditating and and doing the things monastically like 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 they're supposed to be done. But I couldn't, and I remember to this day, I remember that day that I I finally decided to put it away, and I still have that very same Bible sitting right beside me on my bookshelf, and it's torn to pieces where I read it a hundred times. But I remember the day being in October, and I remember going, well, I'm going to to put this down, not out of anger, which I I think a lot of the atheists that I know, they, they turned away from Christianity out of anger. But just out of the pure and simple fact is, I don't believe that if a god designed, if there was a designer for all of this, that it would be so insecure, it would need me to worship him. So I would recall that day where I said, I'm not going to pray anymore in that way, and I'm not going to read the Bible anymore and revere those words as holy work, because they are just words of man. And... I know Christians today who have wonderful lives. I have one, a friend named Laura, that is just a gorgeous woman that is married and just the best person you could ever hope to meet. And she's a child of God if there is one. And she makes the lifestyle look really good. And and I still have issues. And other people I know, Christian or not, have issues. They all deal with the same issues. Things did not change when I progressed beyond what I had been instructed as a child. Things did not get worse. If anything, things became clearer and it freed me up to relax and start trying to get rid of stress. Because being a Christian is incredibly stressful. Now, there are people who enter this next step and go, well, that means I can do whatever the hell I want to do. I can, you know, I can I can sleep with many horrors, I can do all these things. I can do drugs. I can stay high. I can stay drunk. I can... Do whatever I want to do because there's freedom and not having a God. Well that's fine and Danny, it's just not true because if the only reason that you needed a God was to do the right thing, then you didn't really have a God in the first place, you just had a master. So I still try to do my best to do the what I consider to be the right thing and, and consider to leave it, and consider that I try to live a pure life, pure life. I just didn't need the crutch anymore. And so I say all this today, and just to to answer the question of how I moved on from Christianity and why I did. And the fact that I have no anger towards Christianity, and the fact that I do often find atheists to be a bit silly. Because they are angry for no reason. It's like, you know, Christianity touched them inappropriately or something, and they and they fight through it and become angry. It's just... Christianity and I think as we move forward as a society more and more we'll understand that this book that we worship or that was worshipped just isn't a work that is factual and that's a shame I'm not saying Jesus didn't exist I'm not saying that God doesn't exist because like I just said I don't entertain those questions they don't have meaning in my everyday life and they truly don't have meaning in anybody's everyday life I don't believe that Some guys in, you know, 2,000 years ago came up with a monopoly on how to get into heaven if there is one. And if you believe that, fine and dandy, knock yourself out. It doesn't matter to me what you believe. That's the difference. Is that everybody else wants to shove their religion down everybody else's throat. And Zen just doesn't care. Zen just wants you to be you. And, you know, if you want to come to it, you can. And that's why I fell in love with it. I love the truth. I love the finger pointing towards the moon. I I didn't receive the formal, you know, koan education and all that. And I've kind of done that afterwards. And, and of course, I drift more towards Buddhism now than I do anything else. But all that being said, my roots are in Christianity. And I have a deep respect for those who are Christian. I just wished you could see things the way that I see them. It would change your life. But I answered the question, and um, in the future, I think I may do a couple episodes where I just, you know, rapid-fire answer questions because it's kind of fun to not, you know, have to write anything down or have a script or overthink it and just be myself. But I hope you enjoyed this episode. I hope it did not offend you. I did not mean any offense. I just was telling my story. Anyway, this is the Zen Shark podcast, and I was your host, or I am your host, Matthew Jacobs please visit www.themedinshark.com. Thank you and have a great day.